Because God's got big plans. He's got big plans for our lives, big plans for our city. And sometimes um, it's learning. And there's nothing wrong with learning. And I think that sometimes we can feel like, oh, there's more of this stuff. But it's like, oh, right. That, like Life is about learning. And if we knew how to get there, we would have already got there. Um, but thank God that he's always giving us wisdom to really understand where he's going and what he's doing. Amen? All right. How's everybody doing? All right. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it a little. Okay. Um, we're going to do a little, have a little bit of uh, time of really doing some practical things tonight. Um, for those of you that know, uh, we're doing our Wednesday nights this month. We're calling them from ice cream to I do. Um, and really the idea behind it is my dad has been for the last little while, for the majority of you know, but if you don't know, I'll catch you up. My dad has been talking to us a lot about understanding the covenant that we have with God and the covenant rights that we have as a child of God. Um, and so these nights that we're going to spend over, you know, through the Wednesday nights in the month of January, really what we're endeavoring to do is to uh, teach ourselves and teach each and every one of you really how to step into a place of understanding practically what does the covenant look like, okay? Because I don't know about you, but one of the things that can really frustrate me about Christianity is... Uh, when people say things and they know what they're saying, but you haven't a flipping clue what they mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's funny things like that, like you know, people will say in worship, like, just, you know, just give your heart to Jesus. And you're thinking, it sounds great, right? But how do I actually do some of these things? And I think that sometimes in Christianity, that could be super frustrating uh, because we don't necessarily know what exactly is being said or even what's being required of us. Uh, and so when we talk about the covenant, my dad has really been doing a beautiful job of painting the picture of what a covenant looks like between a husband and a wife. And because that's a very practical understanding for us, and it really gives us a very detailed picture of what it looks like to be in covenant with God, right? We know that the Bible says that we are the bride and he is the bridegroom. And so in fact, using this analogy itself of a husband and a wife really does apply to us. And when I say that I'm in covenant with God, it's not really this crazy spiritual thing. It's actually very practical. And just like when I married my wife, it was a spiritual thing and there was spiritual stuff that happens. The Bible says the two became one and all those things. How many of you, there's a lot of practical things that changed? There's a lot of practical things that I had to change in order to, to uh, intentionally and adequately enter into that covenant. And so that's really what we wanted to really begin to do over this month. And tonight, one of the things that I wanted to talk about really was an understanding of how do we break out of the obstacles that would keep us from being able to really and truly commit to the Lord, Okay, because I think that that's one of the biggest things. If I'm honest with myself, as, as I step into this and as a pastor and as a lover of God, really my heart's endeavor, my life's main objective, if you would say it like that, is really to understand and fully manifest the kingdom of God. That I wouldn't just talk about God. I wouldn't just talk about the kingdom of God. We wouldn't just, you know, quote the scripture that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't want to just quote those things. I honestly want my life to look that way. Okay. Last night at the Smith, I was just so overwhelmed by this reality of really what the people need to, the people of the earth need to see is they need to see a group of people who are honestly manifesting the kingdom of God. 
That's really what it's all about. That's what made Jesus so attractive was not, you know, I'm sure that he looked great and I'm sure that he talked really well, but I tell you what made him so attractive to the masses was that when you got around him, you literally experienced heaven. And I believe that's what the covenant is all about. The covenant is all about understanding how do I access the things that God has already from the very beginning of time laid up for me so that I can honestly, that my life can honestly look the way it would look like in heaven. When I say things and I talk about things, it's not just in a hope of some one day in the future, but when I say things, they actually happen. You know, it's like my dad and I were driving home from the gym just the other day and we were talking about a whole bunch of stuff because New Year's 2019 is our year. We're going to work out this year, baby. Um, we were talking just about this concept, and we talk about so many strange things. If you could be like a fly on the wall, you'd be like, how on earth did you get there, right? And one of us were saying, you know, just the concept. My dad preached a message years ago about, you know, he was, got up here and he was walking, and just how Jesus, when he was getting ready to walk on the water, he, he said that he didn't take his cell phone out of his pocket, right? In the sense that Jesus had no anticipation that he was going to sink at all. That he understood. There was something that he understood, it doesn't even say that he like stopped for a moment, you know, because that's what we would do. Like you'd get to the water's edge and you'd like contemplate at least. Should I, is, is this possible? That, but it doesn't say that Jesus did that. It said that he literally just walked off the dock and onto the water because he had somewhere to get to. He understood what was at his disposal. Right, it was like, talk about the woman with the issue of blood or, you know, different times when they were talking about, you know, go and rub mud on your eyes or go wash yourself in the Jordan or all the different things that we read about throughout the scriptures. We realize that the kingdom of God is not just something that we're going to one day when we die, we're going to get to go there. God's intention is that each of us in our life would be a conduit, that we would be a pipeline where heaven could flow through us into the world around us. And that's what understanding the covenant does. Because just like in my marriage, right, when I got married, what was mine is now Danielle's, and what was Danielle's is now mine. There is no separation. And it's the same way in the kingdom, is that when I've covenanted myself to God, what's mine is his, which is really the small portion but what's his is mine. But I think this is the thing is that what we're really endeavoring to do over this, these whatever next few Wednesdays is to help us come to the place where when we say, you know, I'm the bride of Christ or when we say I'm in covenant with God, we, we actually know what that means. We've actually like counted the cost and we've, you know, got rid of things that we need to get rid of and we've adopted things that we need to adopt so that when I, you know, stand in a place of authority, I actually understand what I'm doing there, okay? Um, and so, so like I said, tonight I'm going to do my very best to keep it short and sweet. Uh, and we're going to do something practical at the very end because I believe that there's, how many of you know, even though like we do things like prophetic acts, is everybody familiar with what a prophetic act is? It's like doing something that symbolizes something else, but it's kind of like the same. You know what I'm talking about? So we're going to do one of those. It'll make way more sense tonight if you don't know what it is. Uh, but we're going to do that tonight because I'm convinced that there are things in each and every one of our lives 
that I don't know about you, but you ever have some of those things where you're just like, enough is enough. You know those things where like, I've dealt with this thing long enough and I'm ready to just let this thing go. And maybe you don't even know what it is. And I'm trusting tonight that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us about what those things are that are hindering us from being able to step into the covenant. But I, 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 I'm convinced, and I, I feel like I say this every year, but I think that every year that goes by, I get more and more convinced that there is something amazing that God wants to do in 2019. Yeah. There is something, I think that 2018 was so challenging because it, it was like, you know, out of the dark, it's like the phoenix rising from the ashes, right? I think 2018 was really ashes for a lot of people. Um, and because of that, I, I really just, there's a special expectation that I have. So let's just pray and I'm just going to get started. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word, the quick word that we have to hear tonight, Lord, that you just help our ears and our eyes and our understanding to be open to what it is that you'd have to say to us tonight. We thank you for revelation knowledge that would hit our hearts, God, that as we talk to you throughout this evening, Lord, let there be just such a clear passageway to heaven for us to hear and know everything that you had to say. Lord, maybe we've never tried to hear your voice before. Maybe we didn't know that we could have confidence in hearing your voice. But Father, tonight I'm thanking you. It's a new day and you're doing new things in our lives. And so we thank you that we've tuned our ear to heaven. We thank you for your anointing and your presence that's here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, so again, I'm going to do my very best to keep this practical. I don't want to preach, but fat chance of that, right? Um, and so I can remember for as long, really as long as I can remember in my life, um, I always had this thing where I was afraid of getting sick, okay? I always, I don't know why, okay? I had a pretty rough childhood growing up. I died when I was born, and then I got pneumonia at three, so maybe it like stemmed from that. But I can remember always being terrified of getting sick. I mean, I thought I had diseases that I had no symptoms for, right? And I was just convinced that brewing on the inside of my body was all these diseases that were just waiting to manifest them. And I was terrified that I was just somehow going to wake up one day and I was going to be sick. And, and I can remember struggling with this year after year after year. I mean, thank God there was no WebMD, okay? Because I would have like drove myself into the ground. I would have diagnosed myself with basically everything, guaranteed that I was going to die tomorrow. It was just a bad case. And I can remember, um, I, I got asked to go to Africa on a trip. It was eight years ago now, when I was 25 years old, I got asked to go to Africa. It was the first time that I went to Africa. Um, and just days before I got asked to go to Africa, I remember I was sitting on my bed, I was playing my guitar, and I was just worshiping the Lord, just sitting on my bed. I really had no agenda. I had no intention of going anywhere. I wasn't trying to get some moment of healing. There was nothing like that. But just as I was worshiping the Lord, the Lord began to talk to me and, and really walked me through this process of healing where uh, he basically delivered me of being afraid of being sick. Okay, like miraculously and instantly I was delivered. And thank God, because it was like three days, it was, it was probably three days before I got asked to go to Africa. Um, and, and, and I think that the, there's like a North American perspective that when you go there, something is going to happen. It's actually not like that at all. Africa is actually awesome. And I've been to Uganda and a couple of different countries there. Um, but how many of you know, like, thank God that the Lord delivered me. And as I went through the process, you know, what was funny about it was for a long time, I, I, I mean, I loved God and I was seeking God while I was being plagued with this fear. And for years and years and years and years, I was really trying to deal with the fact that I was so afraid of getting sick. 
okay? I'm dealing with it. I'm learning. I'm learning about health. I went to school around health. I really devoted my life for a long period of time around health and understanding how to be healthy. I ate healthy. I worked out. I did all the things really uh, trying to mitigate this fear that I felt. But what I began to discover was I was constantly trying to deal with the problem at the surface level, okay? And when I had this rhema, this moment of encounter with God while I was sitting on my bed worshiping, what I realized was I didn't need God to give me a different perspective about sickness in order to free me from my fear of being sick. What I needed from God was I needed him to fix my broken perspective of who he was. Because what was amazing was, is that in this moment, as I'm receiving this truth that miraculously delivered me from something that I dealt with for probably my entire life, he actually spoke nothing to me about healing or health, nothing about that he would, I wouldn't get sick ever. It, it really had nothing to do with healing or health. Really what God spoke to me about was his nature and the way that he views his children. And it was because I understood his nature now it freed me from this fear of sickness. And as I really began to think about this, and I've really adopted this model as I really navigate through, the, through you know, my life and as I have the opportunity to help other people navigate through things, I think that what can happen is, and really what this, our culture is all around, is really they, 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 they teach us this idea that we have to deal with things on the surface. You know, I love to like research things and study about things. And so this year I was studying about New Year's resolutions. Um, and, and really, New Year's resolutions are sad. Like if you make a New Year's resolution, you have like a 10% chance of actually, so, you know, you be the 10%. God bless you and your New Year's resolutions. But really, it's such a small percentage of people who actually get to the place where they experience their New Year's resolution. And that's because the way that the world teaches us to deal with things is to deal with them on the surface. And when we talk about covenant, what I realized was a lot of the things that keep us outside of our covenant, I think the reason why we stayed outside of the covenant or we've stayed in a place of not really knowing how to be all in as we talk about is because we have all these things and we're trying to fight against them on the wrong level. And as I, I began to think about this, uh, the, really the, the reality of what it is that we need and what it is that we can let go of, you know, because we talk about obstacles and we talk about fear and anxiety and, you know, I'm going to let go of my worry and I'm going to let go of all those things. And I think that's amazing. And I think do the very best that you can to, you know, control your thoughts and, you know, to, to be the best person that you can be. But I feel like tonight what the Lord wants to do is he wants to address those areas at a deeper level. Because how many of you know that you can have this outward expression of anger? And I could do my very best to try to like stop myself from being angry. But until I deal with the fear on the inside of me that causes the anger to manifest, I may be able to put out a fire here or there, but that thing is just going to continue to pop up over and over and over again. Right, like I was thinking, my dad and I were talking and I was thinking about this and just thinking through it and how we're believing God, you know, to, to get a, you know, for financial breakthroughs, you know, supernatural financial breakthroughs for everybody. 
And I was saying to him, you know, the thing about getting these things and fighting these different, you know, uh, uh, negative things on the surface is that that fear just ends up transferring and attaching it to somebody else. You know, and so now I've got my financial breakthrough and I'm just balling, right? But now, because I never dealt with the root of the fear, now I'm afraid that I'm, like maybe my kid is going to get kidnapped because I'm so wealthy, you know? And we see that happen in so many people's lives is that really all they're doing is they're taking their fear and just adding it to a different category, right? It's really easy. You know, some people, they're afraid that they're going to run out of money and then they get money and now they're just afraid that somebody is going to come and take their money. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, and that happens so frequently in life because really where we have to deal with things is on a deeper level, okay? And the reality is this. If I wouldn't have dealt with this fear, yes, I would have missed out on a trip to Africa, which would have probably been awesome, actually, because it was a bad trip. <laughs> it was a bad trip in, like, the best kind of way. But it wasn't just that I would have missed out on the trip, because I wouldn't have gone. If I was still afraid, there's no chance that I would have gone. But as I begin to think about, that was one of the most life-changing experiences that I've had to date. It really was the thing that got me kicked into gear to becoming the person that I am today. And I realized that if I wouldn't have dealt with this, how many things, how many opportunities, how many God encounters do we miss out on in life? Because we have these things in our heart that keep us from being able to really step out and do the things that God is asking us to do. Because God asks us to do things all the time. I mean, every day, he's always, and I don't know about you, but like, God bless me. Like, I'm on my way in Jesus' name. But he asks me to do something sometimes, and still, after all these years of serving the Lord, I'm like, no, Lord, I cannot do that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you see what this person looks like? You want me to go pray for them? <laughs> right, and we do funny things like that, why? Yeah, we could deal with it on the surface, and yes, we can. We could muster up the courage and the strength, and we could just, you know, fight the fear, and we could do it. Yeah, we could absolutely do that. But I think because we're talking about covenant, it's a deeper level. It's at the level of saying, what is it that I don't adequately understand about my partner? Because if I really understood God's nature— I mean, you don't have to read too many scriptures to realize that his nature is so extremely over the top in every possible way. I mean, I say this all the time. God defines himself as exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we can ask or think or imagine. I mean, that pretty much covers every possible base. If you have any sort of question as to wondering whether or whether God won't, that in itself, one scripture really sums up the way that he feels about us in every possible way. And then if not that, we have the cross. And if not that, we have the promises. And so what I, I, I feel like what God is asking us to do this year, tonight, is to address some of these wrong perspectives, these obstacles in our heart where we don't, we don't believe God is the person that he says he is. Okay? And so this is the thing. Matthew 6.25 says this. We're going to read Matthew 6.25. We're going to go to 34, so bear with me. We all know this scripture. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, 
or about your body or what you are wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed as one of these. If that is how much God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not clothe you? So it says this, so don't worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans or the people without God, the people who don't have a covenant partner. This is what those people run after. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. It says this, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. Now, the thing that I, I, I love about this scripture is is that it doesn't say that those things aren't real concerns, right? Like, God is not expecting that you would run around naked all the time. He's not telling us not to be concerned with eating, and so we just go for the rest of our life without eating. God understands, the scripture tells us that God understands that these things are concerns in our life. But what I realized was, is that Although God is, God is showing us that they are concerns, what the scripture is telling me that these things were never meant to be my concerns. Okay, you see, this is what the scripture is separating for us, is that yes, these are valuable things. Like, yes, the things that you feel, you want your kids to prosper, you want your life to go well, you want all these different things to happen. God isn't saying that those things aren't real concerns, he wasn't trying to take away from these people, telling them that they were these horrible people for wanting, you know, nice clothes or wanting a good... God wasn't doing that. What God was trying to get us to understand in the scripture is that those concerns were never meant to be your concerns. But I take them on as my concerns, like the scripture says, because I don't understand the nature of the God that I serve. And so because I don't understand the nature, now I have to go and try to make these things happen on my own. And this is what the Bible says, like, that's what, that's what the pagan people do. Like, the people who don't have a covenant, the people who don't have a God who cares about them, that's what, so you should never find yourself in that category. But so many of us find ourselves in this category and I, I'm convinced that we will for the rest of our lives because God has continued calling us from glory to glory. I don't think we'll ever go a day of our life where we don't need God anymore. I think that God is, doesn't matter what level you get to, you're always going to need God at the next level. The next level is always going to seem impossible. doesn't matter how much money you have. The next project is always going to seem bigger than what you can do. But what the scripture is helping us to understand is it's not in the things, it's not in the stuff. It's about coming to a place where I honestly break through the obstacles and I break through the barriers and I break through my past failures and I break through my misconceptions and the religion and the things and the people who have told me about God that simply aren't true. 
Because this is the thing, the root of all these things, the root of all fear is simply that I don't understand who God is in some particular area. You know, I was thinking about this where my parents, a couple of years ago, um, somehow they roped Jason and me into building them a deck. I, I honestly don't know how. It's one of those things that's like, it's, it's going to take you like a couple of hours. That was like the roof. The roof was like that. My dad was like, I, hey, I need you just for a day. Can you help me for a day? And then it was like four months later that you're still like on the roof, just like baking to death every day. Um, but I can remember a couple of years ago, Jason and I, we built my parents' deck. And uh, I thought it was going to be like super easy. Um, but what I didn't realize was is that you can't just build a deck on the ground. Because even though the ground seems super solid, it's actually not. And if we were just to take the, 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 the main supporting like beams and put them onto the ground, it would just be like a couple of years before that thing would be like rickety and wobbly and it would literally fall apart. And so the very first thing that we had to do was we had to dig past the surface, way past the surface, like six feet past the surface till we got to the place of where it was actually solid, which was bad. But it was really an amazing picture for me to be able to see that sometimes what's on the surface seems as though it's really real. That the situations of your life, by no means am I standing up here trying to tell you that the situations that you're facing today aren't real and they aren't, you know, present and it's not emotionally, you know, rocking your world. That's not what I'm here to say. And, but what can happen is, is that we become so fixate on what's happening on the surface that we forget that what God is asking us to do is to go down to a deeper level to actually deal with the root. Because that's where everything begins. Every fear that I face, every moment of anxiety, every worry that as I think about as I lay in bed at night, every single thing that would try to plague me negatively will find its root in a wrong understanding of the nature of my covenant partner. Everything. Because I'm convinced of one thing, that when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, he actually meant what he said. That he actually took care of the curse. Any right or ability that the enemy or this world system had to get at me. He dealt with all of those things at the cross. And so if I'm experiencing them, I don't have to be afraid. All I have to do is deal with the root of the wrong understanding of the way that I feel about God. Because the problem is, is that when I don't, when I live in a place of questioning my, my covenant partner, what happens is, and I'm done here, we're going to do our activity. What happens when I, uh, when I don't trust in my covenant partner, the only other person in this scenario that I have to trust is myself. Okay? And that's where we hear about things like self-reliance, self-protection, self-preservation. Those things are all mechanisms. They're all masks that we wear in our life in order to make ourselves appear or seem as though we're strong enough to be able to handle life circumstances uh, and that it's not just going to knock us down all the time. But what happens is, is when we live in this place of self-protection, 
all we're doing really is slowly backing ourselves up into a corner because I tell you something, nobody knows how vulnerable and weak I am better than I know that. And if I'm faced with having to trust in myself to figure out the problems of my life, I've realized that there honestly are things that I should be afraid of. Like if I have to trust in myself, there are things that I actually like responsibly should worry about. Like someone has to feed my child, right? And if I have to rely on myself, how many of you know that that's going to add a lot of stress, a lot of strain, a lot of pressure, a lot of negativity? So what happens is, is I, I end up having to embrace all of these things that I was never meant to embrace. That's like when you listen to Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says that the human body isn't actually equipped to deal with stress. Like your body doesn't know how to handle, that's why stress is the number one cause of disease in North America today, is because our body doesn't physically know how to handle stress. Because when I have a covenant partner like God, how many of you know that Adam never stressed a day of his life until the fall? How many of you know that Jesus, I mean, up until the point when he was about to go to the cross and he was sweating blood, he was never stressed. If he, needed, if he needed a boat and didn't have a boat, he'd walk on the water. If he needed mud and he just had dirt, he'd just spit in it. He wasn't stressed. If he needed to pay his taxes, he didn't worry about it. He was just like, uh, yeah, go fishing. Why? Because he understood the nature of his covenant partner. Because what I want to do is I want to remove in my life everything that would have the ability to limit me from being and doing and saying and going whatever to whomever God would ask me to go. So you guys can pass out those cards. The slide is here. So we're going to do something really practical. Maybe we could put on a little bit of music. Okay. So I'm going to explain what this card is. And we're going to believe that each and every one of us is going to get some breakthrough tonight. Pick a card, any card. Okay. So what you're going to see is the card is, can I have one of the cards? Okay. So here's what's happening. There's five examples that are up on here. But what I want you to do on your card is I want you to write down, everybody cool? I want you to write down at least one thing in your life right now. Because here's the deal. Every single one of us knows something that God is asking us to step out into, okay? That's one thing that I'm, I'm super aware of. And so if you're like, oh, there's nothing that I have to put on my card, you could put lying down, right? Okay. Because everybody's got something that God is asking them to deal with all the time because he's always encouraging us to grow and get better, okay? So what I want you to do, maybe you have five things, maybe you have three things, maybe you just have one thing in your life right now that is, that's a physical fear that's manifesting. I know God is asking me to do something, but I'm afraid of this. 
I'm afraid of running out of money. I'm afraid I'm gonna fail. I'm afraid that people are gonna see me and I'm gonna look like a fool. I want you to write those things down. Maybe you got one, maybe you got two. Take a second. Write it on the, the card that looks like this guy here. Boom, thank you, yep. Your card should look like this at the end. Maybe just one of the bubbles filled in. Does everybody have one of those cards? Can we get one up here? Pastor Tana. Okay, remember, you don't have to fill in all five boxes. You may just have one thing. You could have two, you could have five. If you have ten, go ahead and write all ten of them down. about the nature of God? What am I missing? take a second and have a little bit of interaction with the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do is we're going to give him this lie. So let's just take a second. Let's each of us close our eyes. 
You can keep that music up. Just close your eyes. We're just looking for a moment here. This is not you and your neighbor. No one's looking at you. Don't worry. Everybody in here has got their eyes closed. return in Jesus name say I choose as an act of my will to close any gates that were open to me because of this wrong understanding say Jesus I invite you in to heal the memories and remove any pain 
Say, I command all fear, torment, any panic attacks to cease, any nightmares cease. Sickness or pain ceases now, and the memories associated with these lives be healed now in the name of Jesus. Say this, Jesus, thank you for healing me. Say, I choose as an act of my will that from this moment forward, I am free and I will live out of this freedom and the blessing that it creates for the rest of my life. From this moment forward, I choose to live as if these lies, the wrong understanding of God's nature, I choose to ignore them and act as if they never existed. Say, I declare, I will see my life past, present, and future through the eyes of the love of my Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. So just say this. Say, Jesus, show me a picture of myself free from this lie. quick minutes just to write those things down that you felt from the Lord and then I'm just going to pray over you. Then we're going to do our final thing and then you're going to... Yeah, I can actually get the team up here. The prayer team, altar team, fire tunnel team. You know who you are. Have you ever done a fire tunnel before? Okay, so let me just pray this over you. Heavenly Father, right now, I'm going to pray this alone. Sorry. Don't steal my thunder. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I place your blessing upon each and every person in this room. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would establish each of them in the truth that they receive today as if they never believed these lies. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would mature each of them, spirit, soul, and body, and establish them to their full chronological age so that their life would be the way it would have been as if they always believed the truth. Lord, growing them up from just their formative young years, Lord, through their 
teenage years, through their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, or right up to their present age. Heavenly Father, I ask that everything of this life stole from them be restored to them now. Every relationship, every possession, every bit of wholeness, in every area of their life be returned and restored to them as if this lie had never been planted in their heart. And right now, I declare over each and every one of you because of the truth and the freedom that you received. Your days under the bondage of these lies are over. And if we agree, we say in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat the simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.